So we'll pick up again. Uh, we're in verse 15 and 16. The Jews began to persecute Jesus or prosecute. The word, in, the word used in Greek could be either. Um, now this is the beginning of the conflict between Jesus and the Jews, meaning the Jewish authorities, even then, mostly in Jerusalem. Okay? Um, it becomes, this one becomes a question of legal observance. Huh? So, they began to prosecute him. Now, his answer is, my father is at work until now, and so I am at work. There couldn't be anything clearer. He's clearly making God his father, and they want to kill him for it. But he's doing it, you see, by saying, I can work on the Sabbath because I'm equal to the Father. And as your own theological reflection has it, God still has to hold the world in existence. He still has to give life. He still has to. And so God, in that sense, is working on the Sabbath, and I am too. And so that's this, what sets off this uh, conflict. And so you can see our Lord... He knew very well it was the Sabbath when he did this. And he knew very well that it would produce this kind of reaction. He was giving them a chance. Instead of starting from, he did something on the Sabbath, go at the other end, what was the something? He healed the man with his word. So who is he? I mean, an open heart would start there. Shabbat? Well, let's see what what happens on Shabbat. You know, this person, this man, healed a man who had been ill, paralyzed for 38 years with a word. Let's think about that part. When we're narrow-minded, when we're defending ourselves, especially we're defending our vices. Now, they didn't have a lot of big vices of the normal kind, but they did have pride and hatred. Um, you see? Um, see? Uh, Theological reflection, you see that there were two unique major works that God did still on the Sabbath, giving and restoring life and passing judgment. That is, people are born and die on the Sabbath. Later Jewish theological texts are more explicit, but um, on both sides. Huh? God, you were all powerful. This is from the Shemoni Yetzirah, the 18 benedictions. Um you judge the oppressors, you live forever, you raise the dead, you nourish the living, you revive the dead. In the blinking of an eye, salvation sprouts for us. Blessed are you, Lord, who give life to the dead. Jesus recited that every day, three times a day. He looked at the Father and said, Blessed are you who give life to the dead, who are going to raise my body. You see? And so, um, when Jesus says, my father is at work until now, and so am I. They know what he's saying. I have the same prerogatives as you have in your theological tradition regarding God. I do on the Shabbat what God does on the Shabbat, because he's my father. And so for this reason, I'm quoting the text, the Jews tried all the more to kill him. So then... Jesus answers this, and this is so beautiful. Now, for the first time, 
in the gospel, except for the prologue, for being a glimpse, given a glimpse into the life of the Trinity, the way they relate. And it is so beautiful, and it's a model for us. Jesus answered and said to them, Amen, I say to you, a son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees his father doing. For what his, he does, his son will do also. That's any father's son. Now he moves. But the father loves his son and shows him everything that he himself does and will show him greater works than these so that you may be amazed. I'm talking about the relationship with my father and me, not just any father. And you see, he will show him greater work. I'll be doing greater works than these. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, the very two things that the Mishnah says God does on the Shabbat, right? So also does the Son give life to whomever he wishes. Nor, and now he moves on, nor does the Father judge anyone, but he has given all judgment to his Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. So now you see this mystery. On one level, Jesus says, I never move a muscle unless I see the Father doing it. I'm, I'm totally polarized by him. I gaze at him. I take all my lead from him. You see? Uh, and on the other hand, then, he has given judgment to me. I am to judge this world. You notice how many claims Jesus is making in this very early part of uh, his ministry. He's back in Jerusalem for the second time. He went, if you remember, right after the Cana miracle, a few days later he went down uh, for a Passover and stayed there, healed many, had a uh, discussion with Nicodemus and then started back up and now going down again. Um, so now uh, he goes on, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, so does he give life, so he gave life to his Son and he gave him the power to exercise judgment because he is the Son of Man. We will be judged by our equal. But he's not our equal. He's the Son of God. But he's human. And so we will appear before him and uh, look into the eyes of his mercy. And even if we're going to go right to heaven or even if we're going to go to purgatory, well, that vision causes love and pain. When we look into our Lord's eyes, we see the full reality of our sin. But we see it in the light of the Lord's mercy. So we cry. We weep. Because we see both. And so that's what he's saying here. And now he goes on. Do not be amazed, because the hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good deeds to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked deeds to the con resurrection of condemnation. And then 
back to this whole Trinitarian rhythm. I cannot do anything on my own. I judge as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. Try to hear there the, the, the relationship between the Father and the Son. Right? Totally equal. And yet, the Son receives everything from the Father. He's totally equal. This is all eternity. There never was a moment when there was a Father who begot a Son. It's always been Father begetting Son and the Spirit joining them from all eternity. So you can see, even though we're only in chapter 5, how quickly John, by putting this incident and this speech there, brings us into the heart of the mystery, the Trinity. My Father and I. Well, he's got a Father. Who's his Father? You see? Beginning already, and this, I don't move a muscle unless I see the Father doing it in his human nature. You see? Um, so now... Um, this sort of charge of Sabbath violation and Jesus' response have made this sort of a courtroom atmosphere now. huh? And now Jesus responds with a discourse that um, um, brings all this to a head. Jesus had already said in chapter 4 that his food is to do the will of the one who sent him. And now a son cannot do anything on his own, but only what he sees his, only what he sees his father doing. But what he does, his son will do also. Now, this text, you see, after having said the son does everything he sees the father doing, he says the father loves his son and shows him everything that he himself does. This is opening up for us the mystery of the Trinity. But in this context of a provoked confrontation, Jesus healed at the pool of Bethesda, right outside the temple precincts, on Shabbat, on purpose. So he could stand there and claim, I have the right to do what Adonai does. I can give life on the Shabbat. And, and judge. And so we have this now, um, this whole notion, you see. Um, so he goes on to say then, you know, the Father shows all of his works to the Son, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be amazed. Now, what are these greater works? They're precisely those actions of the Father which Jesus, said the Son, sees from all eternity. And he will be amazed. You see? The works that the Father does, in John's way of speaking, are the actions worked by the Father in Jesus, who reveal, in such, these works reveal, which reveal, this reality of the relationship between Father and Son. Uh, these works are common to them. You see? And so, uh, Jesus is um, claiming, once again, equality with the Father. You see? And so it goes on then, the Father has given all judgment to the Son. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
The only way to understand this, to enter into its mystery, is to ponder it. Why does Jesus, in this discourse, which is not in the synoptics, uh, nor is this particular miracle in this way in the synoptics, Jesus, in his mercy, is purposely provoking a discussion to give them a chance to think, to make his claim and then say, look, that man, as you know, was 38 years right here beside this pool. And I spoke to him once, and now he's walking. Now, I know it was Sabbath, but I have the right, because I share it with the Father, to give life and to pass judgment, even on Shabbat. And so that's the, the message, you see. Um, and then he throws down a kind of a challenge which we'll take up next week as we go through this text, which is long. There's 47 verses in this chapter. You see, um, he will, the Father will show him greater works than these so that you be amazed. Huh? And so, that's what we're going to see. These greater works. The greatest work of all is what? The resurrection. He says, I lay down my life and I take it up. And also the Father raises him. It's both because this is a Trinitarian operation. On one level, we're in an ugly discussion, which is going to get uglier. On another level, we're being, our minds are being opened to the incredible, unbelievable love between the Father and the Son, which they want to share with us. That's the purpose of this narrative.